Good morning. It's time for Awaken with Dr. Joe and Mark Holcraft. Awaken airs the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 a.m. Central with the executive director of Real Presence Radio, Mark Holcraft, and his brother, Dr. Joe Holcraft, professor and director of the High Calling Program at the Avila Institute. Together with a mix of national and local personalities, connecting examples in church history, contemporary relevance, and lively witness of the saints, Mark and Joe will share how the Holy Spirit is working to awaken in all of us a deeper sense of what we are made for, a life in Christ. Good morning and welcome to Awaken. Uh, It is early Wednesday morning. 7 a.m. Early for some, not too early for others, I suppose. So that's maybe a relative statement. Uh, this is Mark Holcraft, one of the co-hosts. And we're missing the other half, Dr. Joseph Holcraft, this morning. Um, in a moment, we'll do our opening prayer. And we'll also offer a part of our prayer for him. Uh, he is recovering from having had COVID. Uh, he, I don't know if he would have wanted everyone to know that, but he would absolutely welcome the prayers uh, for people. But we are blessed with a guest this morning. And the irony is that guest... Uh, is someone that Joe has come to know better and work with at the Avila Institute. Uh, his name is Jordan Burke. Good morning, Jordan. Good morning. How are you doing? I am doing better than I deserve. That's too easy of an answer. <laughs> no. I know, but it's a, it's a good one to keep in the back pocket. It is. It is. It is. So, Jordan, for our listeners, you know, as you know a little bit, because we were blessed to have you as a guest on Real Presence Live last Monday. And our listeners are tuning in from Minnesota, North, South Dakota, even parts of Wyoming and Wisconsin. Where are you joining us from this morning? So this morning I'm in Florida, but normally I would be in Alabama. Awesome. So, so you are, you're, you're now in the Eastern time zone? Yes. Uh, no, I think it's still central where I'm at, actually. Okay, because Florida is that big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for being with us this morning. Um, for some of our listeners, like, hey, I listened on Monday, Real Presence Live. Where's the variety here? <laughs> um, well, we're, we're just very excited to have Jordan Burke with us. Uh, if you were with us Monday, you would have heard part of his story, and we're going to explore some of that story a bit more. But all in tune with uh, our theme for the day uh, and our scripture for the day, and just really just a great opportunity for us to come to know, uh, really, the theme, Dependence on God. And, and Jordan's just going to offer some great insight with us. Jordan would have been with us if Dr. Holcraft was with us too. Um, so one day we'll experience that there would be a Joe and myself with occasionally having guests. And so this is off the first opportunity, first time that we've had a guest with us on Awaken. So we're blessed. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Let's go ahead and begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, thank you for this beautiful morning. Thank you for the the gift of Real Presence Radio and Catholic Radio in our country. We thank you for the gift to pursue and live in our Catholic faith with freedom. We pray and we ask that you continue to anoint our country with the freedom that we have. But even more so, that you would anoint each of us with the conviction to engage the Catholic faith, to learn the Catholic faith, to be immersed and live the Catholic faith. We pray in a special way this morning uh, for Jordan and Thanksgiving for him as our guest. As we dive into your holy word and how you have moved and worked in our lives, open our hearts to that eternal call to holiness that you have placed in front of us. 
Mother Mary, we ask for your intercession. We thank you for giving us your Son. We pray that we can internalize that great gift, your great gift, into our hearts even more as we bring this season of Advent to a close and we enter into the joy of Christmas. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Well, Jordan, uh, we're excited to have you. Uh, as, As you know, with some of the information we've been able to send you, and just a little time that you and I have had a chance to touch base. Uh, one of the things we're doing with Awaken uh, is we're just diving into the questions that Jesus asked in Scripture. You know, and, and so I think it's kind of a different take. Uh, I don't think we explore specifically a lot of times like Jesus is asking questions because I think we're so much, we're used to being the ones who are asking questions. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So, uh so this is part of, you know, with Awaken, one of the things we're exploring, okay, so Jesus asked 307 questions and then has asked 183 questions, but only answers three questions. And so that's part of what we're about this morning. You know, uh, this morning's question that Jesus asked, we highlight, it, it's really this singular sentence here. Jesus asked, can any of you, by worrying, Add a single moment to your lifespan. This is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 27. Can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan? And as I was preparing this, and, and, and Joe and I were talking about this, um, the broader context, uh, for Joe, it lifted up some of, and this is partly because he's, he's been wanting to have you on for a little while, but I think it brought up your apostolate, do the harder thing. Um, right. that was one of the things that, that came up. And so we'll be bouncing in and out of the scripture, but also the opportunity for you. I, I would love to hear more about what's your role at the Avila Institute, you know, a little bit about yourself, maybe the, the latter first, a little bit about yourself, then your role at the Avila Institute and how do the harder thing came about. Can you share those things? Sure. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I, uh, so, about myself, I was a police officer for a little over half a decade in the city of Birmingham. Uh, I worked in some of the more crime-ridden areas, project housing. Um, I told, I think I mentioned this on Monday, perspective of violence. Uh, while I was not in my patrol car at the time, it was shot up. My patrol car was shot up three different times. Um, so, that was kind of what I was dealing with on not necessarily day-to-day basis, but often. And in the midst of all that, you know, I, I kind of was, these were, well, I should back up and say these were my formative years. So my formative years were spent on kind of, uh, quote-unquote, fighting crime and doing that sort of thing and, and getting myself in trouble. And as you might imagine, having grown up, in the, or not necessarily grown up, but having spent your formative years in that environment, it kind of had a negative impact. And so um, I had not necessarily spiraled, so to speak, but I was really struggling. So whether it was um, nightmares every night or uh, not, and not even from just PTSD, but just struggling in general, uh, I started self-inebriating in different ways. And whether that was alcohol or being hooked on pornography at a young age that carried into 
uh, my adult life, and especially that becomes something to inebriate oneself with. And that just caused this, that caused a spiral, right? Ended up, long story short, because I know we're short on time, but ended up uh, destroying my marriage. I Mm. ended up having uh, my, uh, getting a divorce, unfortunately, and I have a little girl, and having to fight for custody of her and, and those sorts of things. And it was really, it was really this breaking, right? It was really this being brought to my knees. It was really the shattering of oneself. And it seems very actually fitting with today's scripture because I was at that time relying so much on myself, right? I was, I was focused so much on, you know, trying to make sure I had what I thought I needed in the day today. Yeah. And so, by the grace of God, in that breaking and in that being brought completely to my knees and that shattering and that being ground into dust, I cried out. I just cried out. And and I had fallen away from the faith, I should add, as well. And so in that crying out, you know, God is a merciful God, and He answered. And He said, okay, come on, follow me. And it was very much a prodigal son moment, and it was just step by step. It started as crawling, right, on my face. Yeah, and then on my hands and knees, and the, just just listening for his voice and following and crawling, and and then eventually I could stand, and then eventually I could walk, and then ever since then I've been running towards him and, and, and towards his cross as hard as I can, um, as fast as I can, without hopefully tripping and falling on my face again. But <laughs> yeah. that's that's the day that's the day to day message, right? That's the day to day practice. So um, all of that, in the midst of all of that, in the midst of. Um, breaking these addictions in the midst of getting help, in the midst of talking to, I think, who some of the greatest uh, minds on addiction uh, and those sort of the things of that nature, I felt really called to start this apostle do the hard thing, which melded neuropsychology, melded uh, or behavioral psychology rather, understanding the neurology of the brain, understanding different aspects of addiction, implementing different aspects from 12-step programs. And then, of course, you know, the thing that I saw that they were all missing was the faith. And so when you add the faith to those things, man, you can just set people free. You can just set them free. So I developed a program and started sharing it with guys who were struggling. They started breaking free. And ever since then, interestingly enough, it's been shifting. I think God started it there, and he said, you know what? Great, you answered. You answered the call, and now I want you to do something else. And uh, without going into too much detail, it's shifted primarily focused on overcoming pornography addiction, which is still do, but or uh, still people still help people do. Yeah, yeah. But it shifted more to the spiritual uh, warfare aspect of the faith, and that's been um, what I primarily work on now. And uh, it's been it's been an incredible journey, but it's also very edifying and the fruits, man, the fruits that come from it are just, it's, I already said edifying, but I don't know if there's another word better than that. Well, I don't know if it's better, but it just sounds very powerful. You know, I, yeah. if yeah. there's one thing, you know, uh, Jordan, one of the things I had been involved in youth and young adult ministry, uh, before I came to real presence radio for about 25 years. And, and there are a few things that are more powerful when you're walking with someone, accompanying someone, uh, and you see their hearts change, you know, and, right. and you literally see not only from, you know, as you shared your own history briefly, um, and that's the beauty. I think we all have our own story. Some might be right. more dramatic than others uh, on the outside, but on the inside, what's happening in the heart as we become more conformed to Christ, um, 
it's epic. <laughs> you know, what can you yep. say in that yep. uh, you experience uh, a true, the truest sense of freedom, you know, and the fruits of the Holy Spirit come, come alive, you know, especially that, that yeah. spirit of joy, faithfulness, the generosity. Um, it's so good. Um, but sometimes it's hard. and it takes, it takes a long time to get there. Uh, and so, right. I, well, thanks for your apostolate uh, with Do the Harder Thing. It does. It sounds incredible. Yeah, no. Go ahead. Yeah, it's. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, it's just it is it is incredible, but it's only incredible because it's completely and totally given and provided by God. You know, it was, it was even preparing for this this conversation this morning. I'm like, what what in the world? I'm like, I'm still. It's not necessarily imposter syndrome, but yeah. <laughs> like, what am I going to say? What do you? What? Why am I? Why are you talking to me? And I'm like, all right, God, like I'm giving it to you. It's yours. What are you not going to yeah. hand it over? Yeah, and, and you just, you never know where people are coming from or where they're at, huh? I mean, even I, I've been blessed, uh, so blessed in my adult life, a life that's mostly been involved in ministry uh, as far as my career goes, and I've been very blessed to meet incredible people. But if there's one thing that's just been true is you never know what somebody's struggling with. And, you, you know, right. no matter how right. deep in their faith, how inspiring they are as a figure, uh, how much it might inspire and motivate us, call us to commitment, and all those things, you just never know. And and one of the things that I have found over the years, um, by the grace of God, by the pure grace of God and my own sin, <laughs> uh, revealing it, is just that, that sense of, hey, you're on an equal playing ground here. You know, yep. and, and while there yep. are great figures to inspire us and motivate us uh, that, that show heroic virtue, uh, you never know. What's going on? And the great unifier is going to be praying together in prayer for each other. Right. Um, right. right. So it's so good. I, as you're talking, you know, do the harder thing. I know you also work with Avila Institute. Which came first? You know, did you start work with the Avila Institute first? Uh, or and did, did do yeah. the harder thing come out of that? Or can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So I was working for the Avila. So I left police work. And funny enough, I was installing granite countertops, which was quite the shift. And I was just, at the time, I was just looking to get out completely. And I would take, you know, I'm I'm not above flipping burgers, you know. So but right, granite yeah. countertops came before flipping burgers. So yeah. That kind of worked out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so I was doing that. It was hard manual labor. And then uh, I had, while I was a police officer, I'd actually started a company where I was teaching people how to um, safely use firearms and shoot effectively. It was kind of a passion of mine for a long time. And so I got into some video work, editing, that making videos. And, uh, then the Avila Foundation the Institute, they, which my dad founded along with uh, Dr. Anthony Lillis, said, hey, we need somebody with some background in you know, film and editing and, and that nature. And uh, they kind of brought me aboard. So I joined the foundation, stopped hauling grant countertops. And it, truthfully, Do the Harder Thing was in the back of my mind for so long. Um, but it was something where I really was just trying to make sure that it was exactly what God wanted me to do. And I, I, cause I think those who kind of come from pain and hurt, they're at a certain point, they're kind of, at least in my experience, they're kind of slow to say yes. There's that big yes. There's that initial yes from breaking free and saying like, yes, Lord, I give everything to you. But after that, it's kind of like, okay, but am, is this right? Like, am I doing what you want me to do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was lots of prayer and discernment. Uh, and then finally, I started just 
doing it and, and getting it moving slowly, but kept it in the background. I just kind of kept it to myself. And uh, funny enough, a, a good friend of mine who also works with the foundation, she said, no, you need to, she saw it. She said, no, this is, this is, this is important. You need to bring this, you know, to, to your dad and see what he says. And I brought it to him and he said, okay, well, let's, let's talk about it and let's figure out, you know, where are your, what are your plans with it? What's going to, you know, what's happening? And uh, eventually we brought it under the umbrella of the foundation and it's, it's been pretty amazing. It's, it's, I think it's been two years now. And so for instance, it started on Instagram and primarily lives on Instagram of all places. But in two years, it's got, it's garnered. I think, uh, I think we're going to break 12,000 followers by the end of the year. Really? So wow. It's kind of a, yeah. It's kind of a testimony to the, to the fact that, you know, if you, if you just keep giving it over to God and just saying, this is well, for sure, for sure, I it, it is testimony to God of really the need. You know, the Lord's meeting a need, and but your faithfulness, you're saying yes, and also just the gift of being encouraged by others uh, who are just who are encouraging you, like, no, you need to do this. Uh, just stick right. with it. That's a huge gift. Yeah, yeah. If you're just listening, just tuning in to Awaken on Real Presence Radio. Uh, I am Mark Holcraft, joined by our first guest on Awaken, not first of the day, but just first in this uh, program, uh, and that's Jordan Burke, who works with the Avila Institute, but we're talking a little bit about a particular in, um, apostolate that he has called Do the Harder Thing. Um, if you're a regular listener to Awaken, and you're like, hey, well, let's dive into scripture, let's dive into this, you know, let's get into this. I, I appreciate that, um, but, but here's a little caveat that I think I'd like to just draw our awareness to, and our hearts awareness, our hearts Really, our heart's awareness to that kind of that heart, heart knowledge along that head knowledge. Uh, in my experience, and when I talk with a lot of people, whether they're developers or participants, whether it's a Bible study, uh, a faith-sharing group, in particular a Catholic faith-sharing group, not that it's limited to just Catholics in this regard, what, what I hear a lot and I get a lot of feedback about from people is they love the Bible studies, the groups to come together, or if they're talking faith, uh, so they, love, they love to learn about the faith. But what often happens is we will do all kinds of things to dive deep and to really dig into learning about our faith. Uh, and it's, that's what I was referring to earlier really as the head knowledge, which is necessary and certainly a part of it because it's key to form our conscience. Um, but what often is missing or almost gets hijacked is this ability to integrate from the head to the heart. And, uh, and Jordan, I'm going to come back to you in just a moment, but to come from the head to the heart and to embody the very thing we're discussing. And in fact, we've become very good at suppressing that and not letting that go there because then all of a sudden it can become emotional. Uh, and the very thing is it, it can change us. And this is a little bit what Jordan and I were just talking about. The power, how powerful it is to see someone really experiencing that change, to make it and to authentically repent and, and turn around and return back to God. Um, there's just no way around it. More often than not, it is a very emotional experience because it's a relationship between a father and his son and a father to his daughter, calling them back home and the freedom and all those things. So I just, when we come back from the break, we'll be taking a break in just a moment here. When we come back, I just invite our listeners, well, we will dive into scripture. We'll dive into Matthew six twenty-seven. 27. Uh, we're going to be with Jordan Burke, who's going to share with us more about what does that look like for him? What does that look like? for us now. So stay with us on Awaken. 
Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more after this short coffee break. You're listening to Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. If you have lost anyone to a sudden or tragic death, you can still help them. Please visit our website, suicideandhope.com, and memorialize those that you love. There is no obligation or cost. You can simply enter their first name, initials, or a nickname, and I will personally pray for them and have a Mass said each month. Please, again, visit suicideandhope.com. I would say um, where Catholic Radio has played a pretty important role in my faith is I'm a scientist, so I, I think of everything kind of in knowledge and intellectual terms. So Catholic Answers helped a lot because I might have some questions or there was a lot that I wasn't aware of. And it always seems like the caller's questions were just timed perfectly for whatever I was wondering about or had questions about. So I was able to learn kind of piece by piece and and build. And now with kids, I really like to hear Dr. Ray's show with all the little Mm -hmm. discipline tips because he makes it so simple. Yes. I think for me, you know, the history has has been really interesting. You know, I grew up Catholic and we went to Sunday school and and religious education, but you can always learn more and there's just, you know, there's only so much that you can learn, I mean, when you're just going once a week to religious education. So for me, it's just been really interesting to learn, you know, why do we do this or where did this come from or, you know, or to be able to answer questions when people have them. I think that's been the biggest help. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. Welcome back to Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Now back to more lively, faith-filled conversation with Mark and Dr. Joe Holcraft. Welcome back to Awaken. This is Mark Holcraft. Uh, Dr. Joe Holcraft is not able to be with us this morning, but we are joined with uh, a guest in Jordan Burke. He's joining us. He's from Alabama, but he's on the road right now in Florida. So we're blessed that he's joining us. Um, I shared this earlier, but if, in case you're just joining us, uh, he was with, uh, he joined Real Presence Radio on our Real Presence Live programming last Monday. And he shared just a little bit about uh, his work with the Avila Institute as the, the, the content director, and then, but then also uh, one of the apostles that developed from there. But really, the Lord just working on him uh, in Do the Harder Thing. Um, and so we're talking with Jordan this morning. But true to the nature of Awaken, um, and if you've been with us for the last few episodes, you know we're exploring the questions that Jesus has been asked. And so we're going to jump to the scripture this morning because the theme was, can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? But there's a bigger context here, bigger picture. Um, so you might have heard me say, you know, generally speaking, it depends on God. You know, because there's this, there's this tug of war going on in this battle, you know, worrying versus trust. You know, and I would say that there's a great theologian, Romano Guardini, uh, in the early 20th century. He referred to this very passage, uh, this scripture from verse 25 to 33. This is Jesus' great sermon on trust. You know, and so we see that, but this battle as we enter in, 
Uh, so let's read the bigger picture here, starting with verse 25 in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. Jesus is saying, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing in, into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin. But I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O O you of little faith? So do not worry and say, what are we to eat, or what are we to drink, or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. So Jordan, this is huge here. Uh, there, there's so much going on here. But coming back to, can any of you, by worrying at a single moment to your life, you know, one of the things that stands out to me, uh, and it, I think it's, it's worth pointing out, um, when we read this at first glance, uh, in particular, you know, Jesus is asking, why are you anxious about clothes? Uh, why are you anxious about these different things? Um, what will you eat? What will you wear? Uh, what about your body? Uh, as you dive into a Greek translation, when it talks about your body, uh, it's actually, it's taking a deeper look and understanding at purity. And not just purity regarding sexuality, but purity of heart, purity of intent. Um, and so again, there's always layers. I, I tell you, we should just all take Greek and Latin. We'll, we'll know what's going on with scripture right. more, you know, and that's where, uh, Dr. Holcraft has been gifted in that. And that's an insight that he generally brings is those deeper layers of what, what does that translate into when you read it in those languages that it was, you know, more closely, uh, written in. Um, but we're, we're blessed. But in that, as we take a deeper look. And so I was, I was processing that. And that deeper layer of the purity of our heart, you know, because the, then it gets to, well, what's your intention in all these things? Why are you worried about your life? Why are you worried about what you're going right. to eat or drink? Why are you worried about your body? Why are you worried about what you're going to wear? Um, and that's what Jesus is getting at. You know, he's getting underneath it. He's always wanting to get underneath it. And as you were sharing your story in a, the first part of our show this morning, you know, that struggle of worry versus trust, you know, um, mm-hmm. Can, what can, can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan? And so as you were sharing how you were just, I think you said it this way, you would just, you fell on your face, and then you slowly came to a crawl, and then you slowly started crawling, and, and then you get back up, and then you fall again and get back up. Um, right. Through that, if you don't, if you wouldn't mind sharing, unless there's something else that stands out to you with the scripture, but certainly with your testimony of sorts, uh, what was it for you that really is like, okay, enough of the worrying? You know, can you share some of that? Well, and, and to be clear, you never, at least for me, you, I don't think you ever fully break free. It's a constant struggle to quit yeah. that worrying, right? And But, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was this moment of, you know, I, without going into too much detail, there was money issues and all all these different things. You know, my world really fell apart and uh, just not to not to oversimplify it but it really was the more that I just turned to God 
And the more, and in turning to God, just doing the next right thing every single day, doing the next right thing, things started to just take care of themselves. You know, it was, okay, look, here's a, you need a place to stay? Here's a place to stay. Okay, your car started smoking. Right? You need a car. Look, here's a car. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and those are kind of these big things, but even in the small things, just taking care of the bills, taking care of whatever it is. And, and all of this, again, is this is material. This isn't even getting into the spiritual, right. the, the gifts there. But uh, I fully believe and have come to understand more and more that the more you just, the more you understand this verse, right, you know that we're promised eternity. So why would we worry? The birds, are the birds promised eternity? I'm not a theologian. I don't know. But I'm pretty sure man was. Right. 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 <laughs> if, if, we, if, we, if we follow the right steps, but... If that's the case, then why am I concerned about these things? Why am I not just focused on, all right, I can't handle the situation. Why don't I pray about it? Litany of trust. God, give this to you. Whatever it may be, I give this to you. And without fail, every time, whether we recognize it or not, every time he takes it. And I, I think that what's a huge thing in there is, I think for a lot of us, we engage that on probably the heavier things in life. Like, okay, this is a big thing. I need to bring God into this. And, and really right. part of what I hear you saying, but also in particular what Jesus is saying, that this is an everything and every decision right. that we've made, bring it to the Lord, put it in front of the Lord. And I, I love your insight in that. It's just like, no, it's, you know, why are we worrying? When we know the backdrop is eternity and Jesus has it, let's put it in his hands. Just bring it to the right. Lord with everything. Um, Jordan, I have six kids and I, and I have to admit, um, and I'm going to do it with, without shame. <laughs> you said do the next right thing. I got to tell you, the first thing I heard was a line in Frozen 2. <laughs> I don't know okay. if you've seen the movie Frozen, Frozen 1 and 2. But, and it, it's significant because, uh, well, okay, significant in my fatherly mind right now, six kids. But in particular, a five-year-old girl, Sophia, you know, she loves Frozen. Um, I don't know any little ones, particularly girls who don't love Frozen or the, prin- the princess movies, if you will. But... I remember as I was watching it with our kids and there's a song that's, and that's actually, it's a great song, um, theologically and just entertainment value, but it's great. But there, again, there's a kind of caveat to it. So it's really kind of the turning point in the movie and, uh, Anna needs to make a decision. But, and so this song that she sings kind of is her, Magnificat, if you weigh, if, if you will, when she says, do the next right thing. And she starts out very painful and she's hurting and she doesn't want to, but it was the message that her mother and father had instilled in her. When you don't know what to do, just do the next right thing. If you don't know what direction you're going, just do the next right thing. Here's the caveat, the formation of our conscience to know what is right or wrong, huh? And, right. and I think right. this, this is a big thing is like, Okay, that could be taken all kinds of ways, which is why it's, it's so important for us to have that formation of our conscience in lived experience, uh, certainly in reading scripture, reading the catechism, coming to know our faith. Uh, but that's, and that's so come full circle. Your story, I love, and I don't think you were oversimplifying it because on the one hand, it really is that simple in concept. But gosh, it is so challenging to embody and live out. But that's the path of the saints. And, you know, right. I, I loved your visual. As you were saying, it started out as a crawl. And then you slowly move forward. And you would get up. And, you know, and, I, and just 
as you're kind of, you were laughing, it's like, and I would fall again, but then get back up. That really is the life of the saints. And I think we need to remember that uh, because for a lot of our listeners, a lot of our listeners, they know the bios of a lot of the saints, even some of the saints we talk about. The last segment, every one of our shows, we like to highlight a particular saint uh, or a blessed, and we'll do that at the end of this morning as well. Uh, but Jordan, one of the things, and I think you, you would probably see this too, is for all the knowledge we have of the saints, um, when we start to live a saintly life, that path to perfection, not that we're perfect, we're just being perfected, right? Uh, right. That whole, the reality of that concept starts to step in like, oh my gosh, this is what it can look like, and it hurts. You know, it, it right. hurts because we're being etched, we're being molded. It's the, you know, the great image of the potter uh, with the clay. And if anybody's ever watched a potter, it's a fascinating thing because it looks so beautiful and smooth. They're constantly pouring water over the clay, which is us. And it's, of course, by the grace of baptism, you know, we're baptized in water. And so we're constantly being formed and shaped. And then we make, we renew our baptismal vows in, co- in confirmation but then sometimes the potter just slams the clay and crushes it because it saw a mistake. Right. And the, mistake, the only way to replace the mistake, the only way to fix it, was to just start well, it over again in a certain way. Right. And, that, and this entire concept is what do the harder thing is, right? So it's a combination of do the next right thing. But what is the next right thing? And more often than not, the next right thing is the harder thing, right? And so, like, simple example. I don't want, I, I sleep terribly. I don't want to get out of bed at five in the morning, right? That, that is nice and warm, right? It's comfy. Yep, amen. But <laughs> what's the harder thing? The harder thing is getting out of bed and doing my prayers and making sure that I'm set right for the day. You know, what is the harder thing in, in a, a practical sense? Forgiving someone who hurts you. What is the harder thing? Whatever it is, it, and it was essentially just my motto for so long, going through that crawling, going through that falling and getting back up and and reconciliation and adoration and whatever it is it was just myself constantly reminding myself you know hey you need to what what is the harder thing do it what is the more difficult thing do it and in that you and funny enough because my my theological understanding wasn't even all that it's well it's not all the great now I'm, i'm always learning but Back then, it certainly wasn't. Sure. But I didn't. I I didn't realize that in the in this understanding, this God given grace to understand this, it was choosing virtue, right? Like that's what choosing virtue is, and that's what these saints were. They lived lives of heroic virtue. Yeah. It's simply that doing the next right thing, doing the harder thing, and it's uh, as you said, it's it is a little overly simplified, but in a good way. It, it is that simple. Well, and I think the good way is it helps us to understand that it is accessible. It's possible, right. you know, and that's right. very hopeful. It's not, I mean, sometimes it might feel desperate and sometimes we're brought to a point of desperation, but in God's grand plan of things, only to bring us to our knees so that we can be re- realigned with where our attention needs to be, right. you know, and right. um, it, it's so huge. I'm, I'm going to kind of come, uh, I want to say full circle because I've already said that, <laughs> but when we're exploring 627, and, you know, can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? But at the end of that, of the context of that scripture in our passage this morning, Jordan, uh, where we ended was, Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Really, our whole conversation has circulated around 
just this this whole context in in this sense. You know, as you're talking about how you, like you didn't want you don't want to get up at five in the morning, but even in that very everyday moment, it's a moment of grace. Just do the harder thing, and the more we say yes to those moments, really those invitations from God, you know, the more we say yes to that, for the most part, the easier it is, you know, and then we start right. to, and that's again, that, that image of the, you know, the, the potter molding that, you know, molding the clay, um, every day it gets a little easier. And so he starts smoothing out the rough edges instead of feeling like you just got slammed because you really, the only way to fix this is to start over. You know, it's it's slowly smoothing out the rough edges. It, it, that grace, that virtue, on the one hand, becomes a little easier. It's usually accompanied with then a deeper invitation to go further in. <laughs> but right. what I, what right. I appreciate about what we're talking about, but seek first the kingdom of God. So many of these things, so many, and I think this is an important one for me. It's, I need to be reminded of it. I would offer this to our listeners. For so many of us, we really, we kind of guilt ourselves out of grace by our actions, but a lot of times, some of those, a lot of times, those actions aren't bad. They're just disordered. You know, right. getting up out of bed, we got to do it every day. You know, right. but choosing ourselves over what is truly good for us to get up, it's just disordered. Do I like to sleep in? You right. bet. You know, uh, the same thing. And when I'm talking with my wife, I try to touch base with my wife every morning before I leave. Uh, that means I need to get up. She is much better at getting up in the morning, taking prayer time regularly than I am. It's, you know, I'm more, I'll try to get my prayer time in later in the day. It is almost always better that I take the prayer time before I really get going in the day. Because the day gets busy. We all say, how's it going? Oh, it's good. It's busy. You know, and we don't even realize how quickly we jump into that. But then how quickly we miss that prayer time. How quickly we miss, that for me, the, the touch base with my wife, which it's not unusual when that's really the only time that we've talked throughout the day until the end of the day. You know, so those little things to choose it. Uh, the food, you know, he's talking about food, he's talking about drink, he's talking about what we're wearing. Those are all things we got to do. We have to eat. We have to drink. We got to put on clothes. It's not, not a good thing we don't put on clothes, you know, these different things. We have to do it. Uh, but is it in the right order? You know, so in and of itself, right, these things, they're good. They're, they're not bad, but really, again, what's Jesus saying? Like, if you really want to be happy and a fruitful life, it doesn't mean it's going to be without suffering, but just put Jesus at the center. Again, that it right. just oversimplify it, probably, <laughs> you know, as you were sharing. What, so we have, we, we're taking a break here in just a minute, but Jordan, I'm curious, and we'll come back to this, but as I saw this, and I, I mentioned it to you earlier, I saw Do the Harder Thing, and then, of course, I was thinking about the saint we wanted to talk about today. And I thought, oh, is that why you named it Do the Harder Thing? Because I, I understand, you know, you have, well, I'll let you speak to it, but do you have a bit of a devotion to Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati? And, that, and that's our saint for today. Was there any connection in Do the Harder Thing? Because that's something he was known for, for saying. And, you know, it really... Yeah, not a... Go ahead. Interestingly enough, not initially, and then I, I learned about him later, and it was just like, oh, okay, you're you're the guy I'm supposed to be hanging out with on this journey. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The saints are so accessible, and when Joe and I talk about the saints, it's one of the things we love. It's because they are. They're like, okay, that's who we're hanging out with, um, and yeah. I love his quote. I'll say it to my kids even sometimes if it's if they're taking the easy way out. It's like, guys, verso lato. 
So we'll dive more into yeah. what versolato means. Stay with us. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we're talking Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frasati. We're here with Jordan Burke. You've made the right choice to listen to Awaken. Stay with us. There's much more to come after this short break. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, this is Ben Frost from Holy Spirit Church in Virginia, Minnesota. I work with adult evangelization. I'm also a father of five children. And for me, I'm just so blessed to have Real Presence Radio in our area because the reality is, is life gets very busy. Uh, The many blessings of working in the church and also raising five children and being a husband. But sometimes I just need times to refuel and to just be present to the Lord. So for me, it's just such a blessing to go into my car in the busyness of my day and to turn on Real Presence Radio. And it really renews me. It fills me with the Holy Spirit. It helps me to be a better father, helps me to be a better husband, and it helps me to be a better worker for our church. So I'm just very blessed that we have Real Presence Radio and we continue just to pray for the Lord's blessings and support for all of their amazing work. for starting your day with us. Now, back to more Awaken, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Welcome back to Awaken. This is Mark Holcraft. Uh, Joe, Dr. Joe Holcraft is not able to be with us this morning, but we are joined with a guest in Jordan Burke, works with the Avila Institute, which is also where Dr. Holcraft works. Uh, and so we're talking, first we're talking Scripture, Matthew six twenty seven. 27. Uh, Jesus asks a question, can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan? And we've just been exploring that, but in the context of Jordan's story, what the Lord's been doing in his life, his work, not only with the Avila Institute, but in particular with an apostle he started called Do the Harder Thing. But as we dive in this morning, we're at the point of our show, we like to explore and discuss. Uh, I, Jordan, I like how you put it. Okay, this is who I'm going to be hanging out with now. <laughs> That's... Uh, <laughs> A gentleman that a lot of our listeners may have heard of. Don't know how much you know about Giorgio, Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Uh, and Jordan, I'd love it if you'd share about what, what your experience has been and what you know. If you could first kind of share like a bio of what do we know about Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati? I just give a clue. He's a blessed, so he's not necessarily canonized as a saint yet. But then also what's been your yeah. experience with him? Yeah, of course. No, so he, if, if anyone listening has seen the image of a young man with a pipe in his mouth standing on top of a mountain, that's who we're talking about. He's, he's fantastic. He was a, 
born in Turin, Italy. I think he was in 1901, in April of 1901. And he came from a well-to-do family. His mom was a painter, and his dad founded uh, La Stampa, which, if I'm not mistaken, is still in print today. But what's fascinating about the superior Giorgio Frassati is that he, well, JP2 called him the man of the Beatitudes. So this was a young man. He died, I think, at 24 years old. And we can kind of get into that later. But he, he lived a life of heroic virtue. I mean, everything he did, he did for God. And it, I was so struck when I first found out about him because it's, one, he's approachable. You know, I'm, I'm 30 years old, and, this, and he was died at 24, right? So we this young adult life. But also, he lived in a way that was so so giving, and it was something that really stood out and I thought, man, I, I wish I had that fervor and that zeal. He, for perspective, so like I said, he came from a well-to-do family, but he constantly gave it all away, constantly gave it away, serving the poor. He'd give away his bus fare and literally run, I mean literally, on his two feet, run home so he could make it to dinner on time. Yeah. He would sneak out of his house at night to go sit at the foot of uh, of the cross, so to speak, in adoration. And he would often fall asleep in adoration. One of my favorite stories, he falls asleep in adoration, the priest finds him, and the hot wax from the candle had been dripping on his shirt, on, on Blessed Peter Giorgio's shirt, as he slept at the, at the foot of the altar. And uh, he was just so out of it, so conked out from all his running around, which he did often, that he didn't even feel it. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know, sleeping, sleeping in adoration, and and spending time with the Lord. And he was so diligent, even at this young age, um, as he would hang out with his friends and go mountain climbing and things of that nature, he would plan his trips around uh, around making it to Mass. And if they couldn't make it to Mass, he'd bring a priest. He'd bring a priest with them so that they would never miss. And it's all these various different things about him where even, even betting his friends, I think they played pool, uh, and he, he, he would bet them. He'd say, if I win, you come to Mass with me. Right, and if you win, you know I'll give you money or whatever you want. But it just, just this life so fully given over to Christ, and so, and, and such a relentless pursuit of Christ and everything that he did and was, blessed be Giorgio, that when he died in his giving of himself fully to the poor and service of all these different things, when he died, it was written that basically the streets were completely filled. And his parents were shocked because they had no idea that he had impacted so many people's lives. And yeah. what's most impactful about that is that he served the poor under a different name. I think it was Brother Brother George or something like that. He didn't want he didn't want it to be known that it was him. He was just doing it out of pure love. And yet everyone still knew. And so filling the streets at his funeral, and, and there's there's just so much there that he's just an incredible, uh, blessed, God willing, uh, a saint someday. And one of the things. I know that's inspired me about Blessed Pierre Giorgio and you, uh, maybe it was me that said the word earlier as far as accessible. Um, you know, the gift, one of the gifts he is to the church is that he is a modern, you know, like you said, God willing, a modern saint, a modern blessed. You know, some of the other stories that I've been made aware of with Blessed Pierre Giorgio, you know, you talked about his parents, like his parents were not... They, they were, I think the mom was raised Catholic, the dad atheist, or he chose an atheist at life. And so La Stampa was more of a political newspaper that was really, um, you, you know, the, 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 the policies and the, the politics uh, behind the paper were really anti-Catholic. 
And so there's, there's this breach and there's this antagonism between a father and son, you know, uh, by virtue of the father's trying to stand for something that's important to him. And here's the son, uh, you know, we say, you know, blessed Pierre, but Peter, right. And, and so, uh, not to totally like make it just English because it is Italian, but Pierre, he, uh, how, how he still tried to respect his dad and his mom, right. uh, even, you right. know, you know, embracing honor your, your mother and father. Well, how do you do that? Like, you know, he could have very easily said, I don't, I don't have the support from my mom and dad. But what he did say is I'm so thankful for my mom and dad. They've given me so much. He, he grew up in a, a very wealthy home, you know? Right. And so uh, one of the stories that I, that just resonates with me, uh, not so much from my own personal experience. I was very blessed to grow up in a, a home with faithful parents who really strived, made their mistakes, but they strived in faithfulness. But he would come, he would be coming down the stairs and uh, his sister would be there at the dinner table and they're all waiting for him. And even though he knew they were waiting, he'd be coming down the stairs, but he knew they weren't going to pray grace. So he'd stop in the stairwell, pray grace himself to honor God the Father and then mm-hmm. go and sit down and say, sorry, I'm late. Thanks for waiting. You know, and, and on yeah. they go. You know, um, and his sister relates stories, all kinds of stories like this. He referred to the funeral, too. Um, I, I don't know I, where I read. I think they said there was, uh, there seemed to be over 10,000 people. And as you said, right. and one of the things that stands out to me, you know, the streets were filled that the mom and dad had no clue what he was doing. Right. You know, right. And on the one hand, um, that's, that's so amazing to me. And, and frankly, on the one hand, it's sad and yet, what can we learn from Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati? He was never looking or asking for someone to feel sorry for him. You know, what's amazing, so one of the, it's, it's unfortunately becoming one of the signifiers of our time, this victimization. There's, there's a victimization stance, um, you know, or not stance, but perspective. A lot of people are approaching life as if they're a victim of life. And Blessed right. Pierre Giorgio just speaks directly into that. You know, he very easily could have got caught up in that, uh, especially in a political climate that was very uh, treacherous. You know, uh, it was not necessarily supportive of the Catholic faith uh, and to live it out. And yet, what was he doing? He was living it out. And what do we see? We see the fruits of this. I think this is a great thing for our time. You know, I talk with a lot of people will either if they reach out to Real Presence Radio or into different groups um, that I'm either speaking to or that I'm listening to you really do get a sense that there's this aura or a facade that's wanting to say, you know, your Catholicism, your commitment is not welcome here. Uh, and so the spirit of discouragement. But I think Blessed Pierre Giorgio, one of the things he does for us and teaches us in our time is faith is always welcome when it's done in love, truth and love. What? I should, let me rephrase, because it may not always be welcome. But you see the fruits of it. We see the fruits of it in how packed it was at his funeral. Um, and maybe you can correct me on this, Jordan. I don't remember the number, but when he died at age, I think he's 24 years old. At that point, I think he was in some way financially or providing food. He was taking care of over 300 people. Did I you- think that's right. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't remember the exact number, but I do know. So he... It should be noted, too, that as he was dying, I, I think it was his grandmother who was also dying, and his family didn't know that he was dying because he kept it to himself because he didn't want to take away care from his grandmother. 
But uh-huh. to your point, he had he had like a paralyzed hand, and he scribed a message uh, to one of his friends saying, "Hey, make sure that uh, one of these families can get the medicine that they need." I mean, it's just it's so giving. Yeah, I mean, and and that story is one of the reasons I think uh, John Paul II referred to him as man of the Beatitudes. It was it was a constantly right. constant care for others. Um, and it ties in, you know, again, coming back to our, our verse for the day, if you will. Can any of you add a single moment by worrying? Or can any of you add a single moment by worrying uh, to your lifespan? You know, and this is it. Like, he, he wasn't worrying, but he was right. fully trusting in the Lord. And as you said, you know, I love the stories where he's, he left in the middle of the night. You know, one of the uh, stories I was aware of is I knew he left, and it had to have been in the middle of the night, uh, occasionally for daily mass, he would leave, right, right. and they, they, you know, they had uh, a version of a housekeeper. And the housekeeper, and I, I just love the visual. The housekeeper is probably more aware of some of Pierre's uh, morning activities, <laughs> extracurricular activities right. than maybe his parents were. So he would leave, go to daily mass early in the morning, and run back home before he was supposed to be awake so that when the housekeeper would come, he would be in bed sometimes, <laughs> but with his clothes right. on. <laughs> you know, so... Um, so even you can't take the rebellion out of the teenager, I guess. Is that what we're supposed to take away from that? I don't, but this is what he's doing. This is what he's doing. Uh, and again, in how accessible he was to his friends, you know, right. um, and it was a, we were talking as we we're talking saints and you've shared it, you've mentioned the phrase a couple of times and it really is one of my favorite definitions of, you know, what is a saint or you know, what's a saint supposed to do? How do you look like a saint? It's practicing that heroic virtue, like you said. So that right. phrase, heroic virtue, uh, it resonates for me. Um, one of the things that's blessed to Pierre Giorgio that he's known for, or that is known to be associated with him, uh, Jordan, is that saying, verso l'alto. What does that mean? Do you know what that right. means? Toward the top. means toward the top. He wrote it on one of his, a picture of him climbing, uh, climbing. And it was just a reminder that it was constantly toward the top. And he... I wish I could. Re- I should memorize it quite honestly because it's so beautiful. But he wrote in a journal about exactly what that means. It's just, as you can imagine, just constant pursuit towards the top. Very my modern version: do the harder thing, right? going yeah. towards the top at all. As you mentioned in the beginning, rightly focused and rightly ordered to God. That's the top. He's at the top. Well, and, and thanks for swinging back around to that, because I, I think you know why are we talking about. Blessed Pierre Giorgio. I mean, why, why are we talking about the scripture? You know, can any of you, by worrying, add a single moment to your lifespan or the bigger picture? You know, and Jesus is asking, why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. You know, why are you anxious about these different things? Eating, drinking, your body. Again, they're all human. They're very human elements. Uh, all in and of themselves good, but when put in the right order. And those are all things. And so those pieces, like, but Jesus is at the top. And ultimately, it's going to be the church that's going to help pave a way for us to get to that top. And Blessed Pierre Giorgio provides a great example of, hey, this is what this can look like in our day. He was playing pool. He's playing billiards. You know, there's a billiards hall in Fargo. There's, a, there's one in a lot of different towns in our listening network, you know. Uh, but it, so it's interesting how he uses, and I say he uses the things of his day. I'm sure he just enjoyed it himself, too. You know, uh, I think of my own kids, I think it's so many, you know, a big thing in our time, of course, is sports. You know, 
in and of itself, it's a good thing, but holy smokes, is it being made a god in our day throughout the country. Right. And it, you know, being used for different platforms that aren't necessarily consistent with what the church teaches, but in and of right. itself. So what happens is we become disillusioned, like, well, I just don't like basketball anymore. I don't like football anymore because the priority it's been given or that we give it is disordered. Right. You know? And I right. think not only this is what Jesus is getting at, you know, you can have, you can have all these things. Some of them really can be distractions and maybe it's better for us not to have some of these things, but just have like, you know, only Jesus can say it, but you know, have me at the center, <laughs> you know, because I'm going to lead right. you to the father. We only have a couple minutes before the end of, of our show this morning, Jordan. Uh, so just to give you an opportunity, uh, any final words from your end or anything that in particular in regards to do the harder thing, how can a person find out information about do the harder thing or the Avila Institute? Sure. Yeah. So on Instagram, it's do the underscore harder thing, uh, website, do the harder thing.com. I have lots of free resources, uh, including, uh, autobiography of St. Gemma, another saint that hopefully you will guys get to talk about someday. You and bet. then all the work we do with the Avila foundation is, uh, Avila dash Institute.com. We have spiritual direction.com, the high calling program, apostolava.org for more resources to go deeper into the faith. You know, always, it's interesting. We use the we use the phrase "going deeper into the faith," but also climbing upwards towards the top, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's still striving, whether it's deeper or climbing. Uh, but we we just are dedicated to helping people pursue their faith in all different aspects and, and giving them as much as they can, as much as we can, for free. The Spiritual Direction has a ton of different articles and, and resources and videos and podcasts. You can find my podcast also. Do the harder thing I'm on spiritualdirection.com or anywhere you get your podcast and i don't i mean there's just so much out there but it, <laughs> so just just search and look and, and you'll find it i'm sure if god wants you to find it you bet i mean exactly someone could just they can go and google it you know i know right um i've jumped on spiritualdirection.com i receive daily notifications uh there's great articles and they're just they're just uh sound bites you know the articles it's, yeah. it, it just kind of what's the palette and if you want to do a deeper dive i found it to be just a great source of, of reference uh, for my own spiritual life, you know, I, I'm particularly drawn, you know, you mentioned earlier, and I think in the do the harder thing that it's starting to develop more of a spiritual warfare, uh, component to yeah. it. And that's one of the things yeah. that I've come to really appreciate in the insights from spiritualdirection.com. So thank you. Thank you for being with us, Jordan. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank uh, you so much. Oh, you're welcome for joining Awaken. We'll be back. In a couple weeks, and for all our listeners of Real Presence Radio, have a great and blessed Christmas. God bless you, and God bless you, Jordan. This has been Awaken on the Real Presence Radio Network. Awaken comes to you every second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 7 a.m. Central with Mark and Dr. Joe Hallcraft. Want to listen to the show again? You can find the podcast any time of the day or night on our website at realpresenceradio.com slash awaken or on the Real Presence Radio app in the podcast section. Again, that's realpresenceradio.com slash awaken or in the free Real Presence Radio app. Be sure to join us again next time for more Awaken with Mark and Dr. Joe Hullcraft.